What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. This is a special episode. We're here at the All-American Quarter Horse Congress. And we're here with Sarah Holler, owner of Sombrero Brands, one of our partners. Cowboy hats. Both of them are Sombrero Brand hats. You also do a lot with the NYCHA. Tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing with cutting, you know, being the owner of Sombrero Brand and, and kind of growing up in that. What does that look like? Yes, yeah, sir. Um, from a young age, I mean, we've been going down the road. I mean, like one of my first trips was out to West Texas for the uh, West Texas for charity. Um, we're from Brenham, Texas. It's a small town right in between Austin and Houston. Uh, my grandfather, he started training cutting horses back in the 50s. And, I mean, just we've been an NCHA family for about three generations now. Uh, we're on the road six months out of the year. We used to be on the road a lot more. Just with me getting older and stuff, we kind of dwindled down on the shows. And just because it gets hard being on the road a lot. Like, um, I mean, we travel a lot. And then, like, with me cutting and everything, I mean, we're going a lot. And Washington County Fair gets in the way. Like, this past summer, I mean, that's all I did was uh, show cutting horses and do my fair call. Yeah, and a lot of, you know, the people listening and then me, myself, we're traveling all the time. So we definitely can relate to the many miles that you're putting on. What does that look like as far as schedule-wise? Because you're also doing sombrero brands. You guys go to a lot of events like the Quarter Horse Congress. You were at Fort Worth for the Futurity World Show and all of that. Um, What does that kind of look like throughout your year between competing and, you know, running a successful hat company? Um, with me competing, it does get very hard because, I mean, like right now, I'm losing about five or six weeks of showground. And, um, like, beginning of the youth year, we were sitting, uh, we went to a cut and, and ended up winning the junior, and I was sitting, like, top 15 in the world. And, and, I mean, we lost ground real quick from being out here and going to summer cutting. But, I mean, it, it gets a lot. I mean, we, I mean, we'll go from Brenham to Fort Worth, like, our show schedule, especially during winter. We go, we don't do anything all summer. We do the summer cut and spectacular. Then we come up here, then we go to the NCHA for charity, Fort Worth Stock Show, Houston Rodeo, back to Fort Worth for Super Stakes again. And, I mean, we travel a lot. It's on on the NYCHA and, you know, how that works, like, what what is the point system? How does that work in kind of navigating? Is there bigger events that provide more points? And are you able to kind of make up ground if you do well at specific ones? What does that look yes, like? Sir. Um, so the big cutting horse show, like youth shows, are the NCHA Summer Cutting Spectacular, where we have a full week of youth shows, a full week of youth. It's uh, the scholarship, the junior and senior scholarship, and then World Finals, which is your top 15 in the senior and the junior. And what happens is uh, throughout the year, from June 1st to June 1st, you have uh, that year to collect points. And the way points work is, depending on how many kids are in a class, is how many points you get. For example, uh, like a three-horse class, it has to be at least three kids to make a class. And a three-kid class is one point, and then like a 21-kid class is five, or no, six points. But then we get out to Summer Spectacular like this past year, um, and it's a 10-point class with over 45 kids in it. And this year we had a record for the senior. We had 105 kids enter the senior scholarship. That's cool. And and so you have these divisions. Like, what does that, that look like from, you know, the kids, the kids coming up to your – 14 years old? Yes, sir. So, you know, how does that spread out? And They do it. Uh, the when do you transition? Like, when did you bump up to the next level, and when will you do that again? I'll bump up to the senior this June. Okay. And it's based on birthday fall. So, um, I'm born in 2009, June 23rd. So, the point year is June 1st. 
So with my birthday falling after June 1st, I got an extra year in the junior. I'll get an extra year in the senior, which gives me two extra years in the youth. But then there's some kids like our uh, junior vice president, Sorrel Carter. He's born in like February and he's cut off a year in the junior. Like he's 13 right now. And when I move up to the seniors, when I turn 15, I'll be 15 when I move up to the senior this year. So will Sorrel. Sorrel will be 14 moving up to the senior, losing that extra year. And it goes off of age. What about horses? You know, does that, does that matter? Do you have classes within those age groups based off horses? or Not in the youth, no, Not in the youth, okay. Uh, youth is just any horse. And, like, um, for example, like the NCHA Open, it's a trainer who can show any horse owned by anybody. Non-pros and amateurs, those are horses that you or your relatives have to own, kind of. And then the youth, it can be anybody's horse. For example, I could go walk up to, um, I want to use one of my friends, for example, Reese Collins. She uh, was showing one of Terrilyn and Mike Rutherford's out of Brenham, Texas, one of their horses in the scholarship. And that was, and took her, took one of their horses out to Memphis and made the world finals. So in the youth, it doesn't matter who owns the horse. Do you use the same horse or do you change horses up? I change horses up. Um, I started off this year with uh, two horses. I had uh, the little seven-year-old mare that Dad showed at Houston and was a reserve on, and then that little roan horse that um, Dad lent out to some people in Louisiana. And he uh, passed away on me about a month and a half ago. Yeah, that was um, unfortunate. I heard about that. Yeah, it was really rough. Yeah. Um, and then we got to a, a camera, I think it was an ACHA Cutting, which is American Cutting Horse Association, and Dad let me break out the old stud. First time we broke out in 18, or eight, not 18, eight years. And he's 18 years old, so, I mean, it was it How was did he do? He marked a 70. He was really good for me. I mean, real cow. I mean, yeah. couldn't tell he wasn't shown for eight years. And what did that look like, the background? Like, you guys are doing a lot with, you know, the horses and the cutting. And Like you talked about, you know, your generations going all the way back to, with, is it your great-grandfather, Polly Heller? Just grandfather. Dad's Just grandfather. Dad. Okay, okay. So, you know, on South Camp at the Four Sixes, Sixes. and, you know, really kind of raised up in that, um, yes, I sir. mean, cowboy, cowboy. Yes, uh, so, what does that look like for you guys in, in training and owning your own horses and that whole process of competing? It's, uh, I mean, it's really just like going back and thinking like what Polly would have done in situations. And that's what me and dad do a lot is we're like, what, what would Polly have done? Like, and then that's one thing that Polly taught, your dad how to, taught dad how to watch cows. Okay. And me and dad will be sitting in the belt, for example. He'll be sitting up on the fence and I'll be sitting there with him on uh, whatever horse I'm showing. And we're watching cows and just it's something that dad learned from Polly that stuck with him. You know, that's so cool because now that I have a little family and I have a little girl and she watches everything, like, you probably, your entire life, probably remember your dad, you know, being able to kind of teach you that. And oh, yes, Is that, you know, a fond memory growing up and kind of learning from, from your dad, Mark Holler? Yeah. And, uh, I've learned a lot from Mike and Mark. I mean, they've been two backbones in my whole little growing up career and with horses. I mean... Mike taught, taught me how to rope. Dad taught me how to cut. I mean, and whenever I'm, like, if the, Dad couldn't take care of me, Mike always does. Like, with the fair colt deal, I mean, they're always there for me and teaching me something that I didn't know that Polly taught them or something they learned whenever they were working at, like, Wichita or wherever they were working. Is this, you know, like, going into the cutting and into the competition, is it something you've, like always wanted to do since you were little or is it something that kind of you know Honestly, you hit a little an age bit of both. okay a little bit of both i mean growing up it was never forced on me i mean horses never forced because 
that was something that happened to dad is they were kind of forced on him and he was like eh okay I'm not a fan mm-hmm. so I mean nothing's ever been forced on me and I appreciate that coming from mom and dad I mean they if I want to do something they'll support it 100% and I mean it, horses was something that I always loved it was something that I knew can always be there and I could just like get attached to and have and then I mean you go through selling horses and horses dying and just a hard deal and you I mean you learn every not everything's there forever but you got to take moment of what you have and whenever we were we were to show in uh, Brenham it was the weekend before point year was over and uh, Reese Collins was almost like was about two or three points in or out depending on what happened there and then there's a show in Memphis where it was a six point and Reese is like hey uh, we need another kid to show do you want to show I was like yeah let's do it why not and dad's like I'll go grab you a horse and people are offering horses to me and stuff I was like no I'm gonna show the little round horse <laughs> and it worked out good marked me my first little 68 and it, it's a good deal I mean I, I love it what what are your goals with it? Like, where do you want to be in the the cutting world? And like, if I can, I want to try to make top fifteen this year, and that's okay. a pretty lofty goal. But I mean, last year in the junior, I mean, it's worth the shot. And then um, trying to work on my Hall of Fame deal, and that's something within YCHA. You can yep. be youth Hall of Fame. You have to be out of high school for one year, accumulate like 150 youth points, and just work on it. And like be a part of the NYCHA community. Yeah, and how do you feel you're doing in that process, you know, that you're kind of building up to? Obviously, you're putting in a lot of work. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, right now, we're, um, last few, like, fundraisers we've had was the stallion, we're on the stallion auction right now, and I've gotten a couple stallions so far. I mean, not disclosing that number yet, because yeah. they're not for sure, but I mean, for sure. it's something that, like, NYCHA, it's a good thing to be a part of it. I like the stallion auction, and then uh, arena signs for world finals. Every kid has to try to sell arena signs. Okay. And this year I sold like 25 arena signs. Heck yeah. And I mean, it's just being a part of it. You want, like, I get the kids who just want to come and show, but the kids who want to be a part of it, it's a great deal. And to be like a NYCHA president this year for the junior, it's one of the things that I'm loving the most right now. Oh, and you're do, even doing the photography. In the photography. Get into that a little bit because that's recent. Uh, NYC, in so there's a youth kid, Tristan Crow. He's about uh, 10 years old. He was the youngest kid to show at the NCHA for charity, which is a three-year-old show. Okay. And uh, I was talking to, I believe it was Taylor Breeden, who was in charge of the media at the time. I was like, Miss Taylor, can I go take pictures? She's like, yeah. And then I got my press pass with uh, NCHA. And, I mean, summer cutting and for charity and super stakes, I just go in the arena and take pictures of all the youth kids that are showing in the age events, and it's it's great. I really do love it. Um, what is that, like, you know, you mentioned the NCHA, NYCHA. What's the connection there as far as? NCHA is the National Cutting Horse Association, and YCHA is the National Youth Cutting Horse Association. And is there a flow into, so once you get out of the NYCHA, you know, going into the NCHA, you know, what does that look like? What are your goals for maybe that transition or or not a transition, you know? Um, it'll really depend, like, um, we might start showing a little more age events. I mean, it really just depends on what's going to be happening. Um, like, we have a two-year-old coming up, or coming three, and we might show him at the charity. We yep. might not. I mean... And it, it, so when you make that transition from the NYCHA to the NTHA, probably a lot of it has to do with the horses. Yes, sir. And what your breeding program looks like yes, or sir. what you're buying. Um, it it takes a lot. Like, um, for example, the Super Stakes, it's an incentive uh, show. So it's certain horses that are bred uh, 
by certain stallions. Okay. Like, um, so a couple of the stallions off the top of my head is like Bama Jelly owned by Madeline Colgrove. And that's one of those horses that's paid up for like the Super Stakes and the Bash and um, Breeders International. And those are shows that are like partially specific. The uh, Bash is not, but Breeders International and uh, Super Stakes are shows that are specific bred that have to be out of us by a certain stud. And when you get into like, you know, obviously you have these studs and stuff like that. And so if you're, you know, cutting with a horse that obviously, you know, you want to get the accolades for this, you know, horse to become a good stud. And, and obviously at the business, that's a huge part of the equine industry is owning a quality yes, stud. Sir. What's up, everybody? I'm thrilled to announce a fantastic partnership between the Rodeo Wagon Podcast and Rodeo Life Official. Rodeo Life isn't just a coffee brand. It's a veteran-owned business that epitomizes the principles of hard work, dedication, and perseverance in all their products. As an avid consumer of Rodeo Life coffee, I am proud to align myself with a company that mirrors my values and resonates with our audience. Supporting this veteran-owned business is not only a testament to our shared ethos, but also a way to give back to those who have served our country. This partnership promises exciting content, collaborations, and surprises for all our listeners and the rodeo community. You can anticipate special episodes featuring the Rodeo Life experts and even a chance to win some Rodeo Life merchandise. We look forward to this journey with Rodeo Life and the enriching experience it will bring our audience. Join us as we venture into this partnership, fueled by a passion for rodeo and a great cup of Rodeo Life coffee. Stay tuned for more exciting updates and the amazing things to come from the Rodeo Wagon Podcast and Rodeo Life Official. Make sure you go to rodeolifeofficial.com and check out all their sweet merch. Hey there, folks. I want to tell you about my favorite cowboy hat brand, Sombrero Brands. As a professional bull rider, I know how important it is to have a hat that not only looks good, but can withstand the toughest rides out there. And that's exactly what Sombrero Brands delivers. Their hats are custom-fitted and shaped to perfection, with a level of attention to detail that's hard to find these days. But what really sets Sombrero Brands apart is the fact that they're a family-owned and operated business. Mark and Kendall Holler, the owners, and their daughter Sarah, who's only 13 but already a hat-making prodigy, are all passionate about their craft. They know what it takes to make a cowboy hat that can stand up to anything the rodeo circuit can throw at it. And get this. The founder's grandfather, Polly Holler, was born and raised at South Camp on the Four Sixes Ranch. These folks have got cowboy blood running through their veins, and it shows in every hat they make. That's why I'm proud to have Sombrero Brands as a major sponsor for my podcast, the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. So if you're in the market for a hat that's tough enough to handle anything the rodeo throws at it, give Sombrero Brands a try. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Really help with the accolades? Is it the season long standings? What does that look like? Um, so, age events that is that show. And like for charities coming up right after this in Fort Worth, and that's all three year olds. It's open three year old, non pro three year old, and amateur. And then inside of those open, inside of that open, like you have the intermediate and the um, limited. And like intermediate is a certain like ranking of an open trainer, limited is a certain ranking of an open trainer, and then there's just the open. And it evaluates on, like, how much money you've earned in, like, the past X amount of years. And then world standings, that'll, or world finals will also be coming up at the Futurity as well. And that's, like, um, sorry, that left my head. It's, like, starts, like, January 1st and then goes to the very end of the year, similar to the youth world standings. And you just go along with it and 
uh, it's either done by money or like it can be done by rider or horse and then by money. But then the youth, it's done by points because the youth, it's not a class where you can go win a lot of money. I mean, it's maybe $40 checks, $100 checks. I mean, just like on weekend shows. But gotcha. then like the 25 limit, it's 25 open, it's $3,000 check a weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big difference there. And, yeah. and what about locations on, on these? Like, you know, you're in Texas, but you talk about traveling. Yeah. Is that kind of the epicenter of all of this, or does it, you know, obviously there's, even right now with Congress, they're doing a cut in like an hour and a half from here um, in Eden, the Eden, Ohio? I, th- I think so. You know, and so you also look at, like, Ocala. What does that look like, or is the majority of it kind of in, on, in the West? I mean, it really doesn't matter on where you are. It's just who, like, how many cutters there are. Like, um, I have buddies out in Oregon. And, like, organ shows, like, they just had the Cascades for Charity. Okay. And, like, it was big, but, I mean, then, like, you got to Texas, and they just started the Brazos Bash yesterday. Yep. And it's, like, huge. Yeah, that's I mean, cool to watch on. Oh, yeah. I think last year, I'm not sure if we're streaming it this year. Last year, we streamed it on, streamed the, it. on the app, and it was one of the most popular things. A lot of people watched it. Oh, yeah. It's real good uh, to watch. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter. And then they do it by circuits. So it's like I'm part of the Alamo circuit, which is like Belton, Brenham, Buffalo, like that area. And do you have you, so that you have these circuits? Do you have circuit finals, and then you ha- have, have an all-arounder, a, a world? We have circuit finals. And, and do your points at each of your circuits go towards the world, or how does that work? Yes, yeah, so they go towards the world. Like uh, that show back in June, like June first, like weekend. Uh, that was the show that we uh, won. Like we got three points. Uh, a buckle and two checks and stuff and that was a our circuit finals I okay believe. yeah because they were giving out circuit awards and then i'm pretty sure like at the end of like right before world finals we'll do another circuit show man that's cool there's so much that goes into that and some of it is similar to the rodeo side not so much the bull riding side but the rodeo side and how you have these circuits and all of that and, yes, and there's some some differences especially when you get into amateur pro non-pro oh yeah um you know some of these events that go on uh what about the hat company sombrero brands like tell everybody a little bit about the background of sombrero brands We'll have your dad on to talk a, a little bit as well, but I kind of wanted to hear your perspective on, you know, the hat company, when it got started, and, and what that's been like for you and your experience with it. Okay. Uh, 2005, in CHA for charity, my uh, uncle, Tony, was working in my ladies, which is Fort Worth, and um, dad was over there helping, and it was during a cattle change, and that's whenever cutting was huge. I mean you'd have the whole like arena filled for just the world fi- for the <laughs> open finals. Um, and Tony's like, hey, Mark, just pass out beer and <laughs> keep everybody around. <laughs> and that's like, okay, I can do it. And after the cattle training's over, Dad's like, oh my gosh, that was busy. And Tony's like, oh yeah, I just made $10,000. He's like, no, you didn't. And Dad's one of those guys who has to go and look through everything. And uh-huh. sure enough, rolls through it, about $10,000. And Dad's like, well, would you ever want to do this yourself? And that's whenever Dad and Tony started uh, Sombrero Brands. And uh, 2006, February was their first show. It was Houston Radio. Hit it out of the park and, I mean, just started going. And uh, May 2006, Dad had his heart attack. Didn't slow him down at all, which is really shocking. Um, and then, I mean, they just kept going with it. They did the uh, West, Te- not West Texas, they did West Texas for charity, and then they did the West Coast run. And that's going to Cascades, California, 
Idaho for charity, um, Vegas, and then coming back to Texas doing the bash, and then going to uh, charity for world finals. So when you were born, you were just born going. Oh, yeah. I mean, from a baby, they were probably taking you everywhere. Yeah, like I said, first show would have been either Summer Cut and Spectacular, which is July, August, or uh, West Texas for charity, which is out in Amarillo, so... And, yeah, so you've been doing that, and what's that like? You know, we talked a little bit about your schedule with the NYCHA and stuff like that, but what does that schedule look like for Sombrero brands, especially for, you know, all the people watching? Like, where can they, they find, you know, obviously Houston's a big deal. You go to Houston. Oh, yeah. You're here at the All-American Quarter Horse Congress every single year, and you have a pretty big booth set up. Yes, sir. So what does that look like for you guys? Um, like I said, we're doing six 30-day shows every year. I mean, and then sprinkling a few weekend shows we've done. Uh, three cutting horse shows which are all in Fort Worth and then we do Fort Worth stock shows so I mean we're in Fort Worth at least 120 days out of the year then we do uh, come up here for this and then do Houston Rodeo and do Houston which one's the biggest you think Houston oh that's hard for charity's a good show but I mean Houston's good too Houston you see people that you'll never like you'll might never see again yeah. And first time they'll see you, last time they'll Less, see you. Yeah. But then, like, you get a charity, and it's, like, the people that you're used to seeing, like, Colt Moore, Don Benuelos, Austin Shepard, Kelly Earnhardt. But then you have the international side. I mean, we have people flying in from Australia mm. and uh, Europe. And, I mean, it's it gets a lot. Like, you see a lot of people that you see once a year. And they come and spend money, and it's a good deal. You know, it always intrigues me, too, because, like, you're going to all these events, but it's not like you're coming to a weekend show. Like, a lot of these events are a long time. This is a 30-day deal. Um, the maturity is pretty long as 30 well. Day, 30 um, day. I mean, everything's 30 days. Everything's 30 days. Is Houston 30 days, too? I'm pretty sure. I know it's pretty long. We're but... there for a week before everybody for the cutting horse uh, show. Oh, okay. So it, it gets tired. Man, so you, yeah, you're doing a lot. Yeah, we do, uh, like Houston, I'm not sure the schedule this year, but like last year, we did the whole week of cutting and then go to ranch rodeo. So it's like us showing and me getting dad's horses legged up and everything to then staying at the Coliseum till about 1230 at night for the ranch rodeo. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Yeah. And what about, talk to people a little bit about hats. You know hats. Oh, yeah. Talk to people a little bit about quality hats, the differences in, in these styles of hats. Um, just get into the hats for us a little bit. I haven't had anybody that's really talked about it. It's um, In the bull riding world, just so you know, we have ropes. And there's all different kind of ropes. There's different qualities, different preferences. So it's kind of intriguing when you get into some of this stuff, especially the 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 practicality of a good cowboy hat yes, but sir. also the style uh like cutters i mean like they'll go for like the charity which is which is how i'm wearing or like the elite which is like equal to a pure beaver and uh i mean it's just really preference and like the higher the quality of the hat like on a silver belly the prettier it'll look um black hat it's a black hat i mean it looks the same to me which <laughs> <laughs> makes people a little mad when you say that but it, it's a black hat and then, like, Dad carries uh, the blue hat, which I'm wearing, in, like, different mm-hmm. qualities. And, I mean, like, you can go take the Futurity in the hand and look at them and see that the Futurity is a richer color, that it's a better-looking hat. And, and when you get into, like, quality, obviously you have, like, thinness, you know. So what does oh, that yeah. look like as far as... The better the quality, the lighter the hat, the thinner it should be. And, and is it a different, you know, what, what kind of hat it makes it quality as far as what makes it thin, what makes it stiff, that kind of stuff? kind of like the more the more beaver in a hat and the more beaver in it it really depends on how the hat got finished okay and like 
I mean, if it's a great hat but poorly finished, it's not going to come out a nice hat. If it's a lower quality hat with a good finish, it's going to feel good. Yeah. Like Atwood 7X, it's a 7X, but I mean, it feels great. Yeah, that, you know, that's an interesting thing because I was talking to your dad about Atwood and I'd really only really known of them from straws, but he was saying that they make really good felt and he was showing me one that you guys had over at, at your booth. And Mr. Brooks does a great job with his hats. That's, you know, that's another thing that I really thought was refreshing about last year when me and Vinny sat down with, with Mark, your dad, and talked to him about the hats and stuff is it's not like this competitive space where these hat companies are at each other's throat trying to compete against no. each other. It's really a, a community that's you know builds off of each other and and that's kind of cool oh yeah like it, kevin glover for example he owns brinks hattery he used to work for us back in the day and he worked for shorties and everything and like uh kevin has his own business well let's say that like and he's up here at the congress right now and if dad doesn't have a hat we call kevin if kevin <laughs> doesn't have a hat kevin calls us and we just try to I mean, it's nothing cutthroat. It's trying to include everybody. We want yeah. everybody to do good. Yeah, make the best hats you possibly can. Oh, yeah. And, like, some for charity and stuff, there are no hat vendors. It's Miss Brenda Allen, who uh, owns Calvin Allen with her husband, uh, Western Legacy owned by Mr. Marty, and then Dad. Huh. And, um, but then, like, you get out here, I mean, there's seven hat vendors, I think. There's a bunch, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, you get out to Houston Rodeo. And you can buy a hat on every little aisle you go through. Oh, I, I guarantee it. But then, like, that's another reason why Dad sets us up in the, um, like, in the arena because that's more of your rodeo crowd, more of, like, the people that are needing hats sure. more rather than the people that are just wanting a cowboy hat because yeah, like they fans. went to Houston. Yeah, because Houston's, it brings in so many different people. I you think, have like, contestants, and I you mean, also have a lot of just fans. That yeah, are, I think one point something million a year. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of people. And, like, but, I mean, you have people that, like, you're like, oh, uh, this hat. They're like, how much is that hat? And you're like, it's 1075. And they, like, are in shock. <laughs> but then, like, you have other people, and you're like, how much is this hat? And it's, like, 2500 And they're like, oh, okay, here's 2500 You know, you talk about that, and, and the rodeo crowd is a whole different crowd. Oh, yeah. You get a bunch of, you know, rodeo guys, you know, come in, and they're probably looking at more the lower end, you know. Yes, yeah, sir. And then you have, you know, maybe your rainers, you know, that are coming in and they're looking at for something nicer. Yes, sir. And, like, uh, nicer hats going back to Brooks Atwood. Um, we just did a hat for Stephen Finer, who uh, uh, helps Adon Benuelos. Oh, cool. And, or kind of Adon works for him in a way. Um, and he just got one of the Spradley hats, which is made by Atwood. He bought out Mr. Spradley. And it is a thin black hat i mean like it's paper thin. <laughs> it's really cool all right so um you know you're doing a lot with the hat stuff with sombrero um but you're also going to school you're 14 years old oh yeah what's that been like i mean i'm in college so i kind of we've talked a little bit but, about you know that busyness and and stuff like that but what's been the challenge and also what's giving you some freedom because you're doing homeschooling it's been a lot i mean that's easy easy to say it's been a lot because i mean we're up here from 9.30 to 6 p.m. I mean, I'm doing school in between the day, but then, like, we get busy, and then it's going home and doing school at night or waking up early in the morning and doing school. So, and, like, but then, I mean, it has been a little bit of a challenge because, I mean, that's a lot to keep up with because, I mean, we're gone six months a year, and we're the six months a year that we are schools in yeah. season. 
and I mean it does get a little hard we I get a little behind but I mean I always keep pace with it and keep track and with like what we do and like I mean all those cutter kids we're all homeschooled for the most part okay and I mean it does get challenging I mean every kid can agree that homeschool does get challenging at some points in time yeah but I mean for what we do it's one of the best things well, I mean, and, and what you're doing with the business side of things, and I think that's probably some of the best schooling you could ever get yes, is just learning how to manage a business. Oh, and yeah. your dad, he really, you know, when you go over there, you run. You run the show. Oh, and yeah. He gives you a lot of freedom, freedom to be able to actually learn how to, to do that, and that's oh, one yeah. of the coolest things I've seen. What's that process been like as you've kind of grown? Because I'm you know, from a, a 10-year-old, now you're 14, and, and kind of slowly maybe taking on some more responsibility. and. I mean, it's been a lot. I mean, it's helping Dad every day. And, yeah. like, we, even though we're not at a show, I mean, we're I'm with Dad, unloading trailers, reloading trailers, I mean, working over at the barn. And, like, last two, three years, I mean, it's really stepped up. Like, I mean, I'm going to each show, ringing up people, I mean, putting hats on people. Like, this is a busy show for us. Sure. And, I mean... I'll be running the register or I'll be trying hats on people and it's it's a lot I mean for me balancing everything I do I mean I have NYCHA mm-hmm. Sombrero Brands school and then like the fair cult stuff that we just ended about about three weeks ago I mean it's been a lot I mean, I mean just keep going me and Vinny just talked about like time management and you're in the same boat where you've got you know a lot of this stuff and like how important just managing your time and discipline that's probably maybe one of the best things you know I look at you and and I I actually look up to Mark and how he's kind of raised you and and allowed you to kind of get that experience and and for me with my daughter is like hey that's actually a great way you know to actually train your children up to be able to kind of you know graduate and actually be able to be successful in this in this world instead of just maybe going straight off to college and going into a hundred thousand dollar debt yeah you know uh, maybe if you're going to for something specific but like you're learning real life oh yeah practical one thing that a school can't teach you is i'm learning how to interact with people how to talk to people i mean like somebody can walk by and i mean i can have a whole full conversation with them and just like (laughs) it's not i mean everybody's a stranger till they're not yeah you make friends with this business like uh, two or three days ago we had some customers that came last year. I mean, I just sat down and talked with them. I mean, they were there for like an hour getting their hat shaped, and we just talked. I saw them last year, talked to them about five minutes, and then, I mean, just recognizing people, recognizing faces, and just having that way to be able to just talk. Like, if it wasn't for Dad, I couldn't be talking here like I am right now. <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts, too, about traveling and, and you know, the, the different people you meet. And that's probably, you know, as busy as you are and how much you're on the road, the good side of that is you get to meet so many cool people and oh, probably yeah. each time you go to a different you know place whether it's Houston whether it's here it's a new new faces some of the same faces but a new group of people and you get to kind of you know make up with them and and that's yes, cool yes sir but man it's been awesome having you on here Sarah we've been wanting to do it for a minute oh and yeah last year last year it's been a year it's been a year I was gonna have you on zoom but it's so much better being in, in person in person so much better and I've been laid up and I've been doing zoom ones but um being in person so much cooler oh, yeah. you could actually connect a little bit and it's just a different world when you're in person versus zoom yes sir zoom's fine it's it's fine it's, but it's, it's, fine. it's so much better in person, person. and I, I gotta see you so it's not like we haven't seen each other you came to the where was it at it was we like, were in college station college station yeah uh it was like 
second week in second third week into May we came out and saw you in College that Station. Was, I think College Station was the Velocity, was a velocity right tour. before finals, I believe. Yeah, it was a Velocity tour right before the finals. Yeah. Cause yeah, cause the weekend we went to Belton, you were in Fort Worth. I won Fort Worth. I had you a good did? weekend. Yeah. Cool. At the Combine Championship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause so we, I actually that week I went up to me and Dakota Eagleburger. We went to Fort Worth for the Combine Championship. I rode there. Then we went to College Station, and then we went up to Corpus Christi for finals, finals. and then headed back. And, yes, sir. And, and then we saw you at Super Stakes. Oh, yeah, that's right. It? That was it. That was another deal at Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah. Me, and Keith, me and Keith went up there, and we got to hang out a little yeah, bit, too. Yeah, it was during – no, it wasn't uh, – it was for charity. Well, it was, it the, was for charity because uh, you had tickets for us. And oh, that's it was, right. uh, we had a girl staying with us at the time, and Dad wouldn't let both of us just go yeah. down the stockyards. Yeah, that's funny. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, that was, yeah, that's cool. And heck, this year with the PBR, what they're doing in Fort Worth, I'll probably see a bunch this year. Yes, sir. Because last year it was kind of like, we're the torn pros, the Fort Worth deal is going to count its points. And so I'm far enough away, it wasn't like I was just going to go, but if they count towards points, then I'm probably going to be there a bunch. Yes, sir. And you guys are in Fort Worth a lot throughout the year. Yeah, the Fort Worth Shock Show and the Three Cutting Horse Shows, and then um, we might, with me showing, like, whenever we get down to down season, I might be showing out there a lot in Fort Worth or Brenham. I mean, it's a lot to see. Like, yeah. I mean, you never know what, where you're going each weekend. Like, we have buddies that are going out to Louisiana this weekend, <laughs> then going up to Colorado, then back to Texas and getting ready for charity season. Yeah, so, that's cool. Yes, sir. Heck, yeah. Guys, make sure you go to Sombrero Brands. Um look up where they're going to be they make quality hats some of the best hats you know made um great insight if you don't know what you're wanting go to them they do custom fittings and everything um it's been nice having you sarah yes sir i uh, want to thank you know cosmic cowboy productions they put on great productions for us you know i'm a bull rider and i'm not the greatest at it so it's nice being able to have you know people that can produce quality content for us also rodeo life go to the app i drink their coffee every week Go to the app, check out Rodeo Life, rodeolifeofficial.com, Sombrero Brands. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See ya.